Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, we have one of our favorite guests uh, come back for a second time on the episode today, Brian Smith. Um, he just finished uh, the uh, authoring um, a book called The Christian Athlete. And the gist of the book, Chad, is is how do we give God, uh, God the glory through sports, right? And we talked a little bit about this in his first interview um, during season one, but we really went in depth into it um, this time around. I love this interview. What did you like about it, Chad? Yeah, well, I think just with Brian Smith, my one of my favorite guys to follow on Twitter. So if you're not following him, you got to add him. We'll put, th put that in the show notes. And uh, he makes me proud just to be uh, working with Athletes in Action as he's just done a great, great job um, representing our organization and one of the top voices uh, writing and, and just counseling and, and walking with young people in, in their faith. And so just a couple things to, to look out for. I think throughout, I just heard the word heart, just getting to the heart of of um, playing sports and, and coaching. And then he talks about the, the three dangers of distorted view of glory. Um, and there's just there's just so much wisdom within this one. Um, what about you, G-Man? I, I really liked it, Chad. Um, we talked about some mental health issues as well, which he addresses in the book. Um, and then how um, false some of our views on how we can give God the glory. Um, some of those false assumptions that we make. Um, before we get into the interview, I want to make sure everybody goes out on Amazon and you can pre-order the book now. Um, the link is in the show notes. Um, the book comes out April 5th. And the way Amazon works is the more pre-orders you get, the more they public, you know, they, they post it and they promote it um, on, on their website. So if you really want to help out Brian, um, go ahead and pre-order right now and it'll get delivered to you when it publishes on 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 april 5th but coach we we want to don't want to waste any time because this interview is information packed and but i think it'll, it'll give you um a blueprint on how you can be better at giving god the glory through sports if you're a coach or an athlete um it, it doesn't matter Th this will be really impactful for you and this interview is coming to you right now Brian Smith, thank you again for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast second time around. I believe you're only the second or third person to have a second episode with us. So we're very, very happy that you decided to come back and talk about this new project that, that you have coming out. Tell us a little bit now these last few months, what has your life been like preparing for this launch and now launching this book? Yeah, the well, one, thanks for having me for the second time. Let's go. It's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, what has my life been like the last couple months? Um, it has been a little nerve-wracking. Um, I've talked to you about this before, but writing the book is the fun, easy part, the the challenging part, especially when you're partnering with a publisher who expects you to put asks out on the table and do your part in marketing it. Like, I just don't like that. I don't like it feels like you're promoting yourself and I have yeah. to continually remind myself that I wrote this book to serve athletes and coaches and they to serve them they need to actually read it and to yeah. actually read it they they need to be told that it exists and so it's just yeah it just feels gross sometimes when yeah. you 
feel like you're constantly having to tell people like, hey, pre-order the book. Um, so it's 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 going okay. Yeah. I just don't like this part of it. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would rather have other people just spread the word. But again, yeah. I I need to continually remind myself that God put a word in my heart to write this book, and so people need to know about it. And it's okay if I tell them. And I yeah. I have to continually wrestle with um, where is my motivation and identity in that, and trying not to turn God into a commodity that I'm selling to other people either. Yeah. Like, that's my biggest yeah. fear is like, I don't want to try to commodify God. Um, yeah. I want to serve him and I want this book to be a service to other people. So I've been yeah. wrestling with a lot of that um, coming up to launch. It's been challenging. Yeah. I, I had an opportunity to sit down with John Acuff, the, the author and speaker for, mm-hmm. for a few minutes. Um, and I talked to him about my book and said how how I was struggling with the same thing. It's like writing the book is fun and I believe in the message of this book and I think it can help coaches. Um, But he said, if you truly believe that it can help coaches, you'll tell them about it, you know? And and so that that has motivated me to just keep telling them because it's true. People don't know that we're out there, you know, that that this book is out there. So you do have to educate them. And and it does feel kind of slimy sometimes. And and I think sometimes there's the, imposter syndrome of why would anybody read my book when there's so many resources out there mm-hmm. um but it's been at least from someone who you know like john acuff who's sold many many books have that idea of if you truly believe in the message of that book you'll you'll tell you'll tell as many people as possible and so that has yeah, been yeah that's a good word a enlightening. That's a good word right there mm-hmm. yeah um when does the book come out we'll put links for pre-order um on the um on the show notes and, and they can get in touch with you as well. But when does the book come out? Yeah, it officially releases on April 5th. Perfect. That's great. So we'll put, we'll put um, the link there in the show notes. I got a chance to read it beforehand and I took copious amounts of notes. Um, I love this topic and I think it is a very under explained area of athletics. You know, how can athletes, um, glorify God through their sport. And I love the chapters because it's each, each topic, you know, so on winning and losing and, and being on the bench and practice and teammates. And I think it's a, it's an easy read, not in the way of just like, Oh, it's a shallow chapters. And just, you know, it's, it's very applicable. Every, every, every word that is there is there for a reason. And, and I loved it. But my first question was going to be, what, how is our understanding of giving God glory in sports often wrong or false? Yeah. Um, I think there's multiple way, ways that we can, <laughs> we can err. I think one of the most common ones that I have seen working with athletes at the collegiate level um, for over 10 years is this assumption that if we just if we just verbally express that we want to give glory to God or thanks to God without having our actions and what's going on inside of our heart align with the words that come out of our mouth. um, I I think that's, that's a pretty big error because it's really easy to say the right things, especially when you have been around the, the Christian faith a good amount and you kind of know the right, answers and you know what people want to hear yeah it, it can become very easy just to give people the words that they want to hear 
and forget the fact that the God of the Bible wants our hearts. He doesn't just want what comes out of our, our mouth. And there's, there's examples all over the Bible when people are, are saying the, the right things and we are not so gently reminded by God that he, he does not care about words that are not aligned with a heart posture that's in submission to him. And so I think that's one of the biggest errors. And that's what I'm trying to do through the book is just give people, well, one, I, I, I don't think a lot of people do it maliciously either. I just think yeah, they don't, right. they don't know. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do with the book. I'm trying to give people really practical ways that they can match what they, I believe the trajectory they want to head towards with honoring God and glorifying him through sport, but just aren't really sure. And maybe are too afraid to ask people, what does that look like practically? I'm hoping this will just give some pretty easy tracks to run on that are based from the Bible. It's not me trying to make things up I did the best job I could of taking the word of God and trying to say, how does this apply in the realm of practice? Or how can we take the word of God and say, how does this relate to relationships with teammates who are Christians, but also the ones who are not Christians. And really, like you mentioned, any category, just starting with the word of God and saying, what does God say about his nature and his character? And how can we kind of mirror that in the context of sport? Yeah. What I love is how many Bible verses are throughout the book, you know, and it's not just your view. It's, Hey, here's, here's what God has to say about this, you know? Um, And I, I really loved it. You talked about the three dangers of a distorted view of glory. Can I tee it up for you, each of the three, and you just give us a little message on each one of them? Would that be okay? That'd be helpful. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first one is a prideful redirection. What, what, what does that mean? Yeah, the, the prideful redirection is the, I just had a highlight reel performance and people are coming up to me after the game or I'm seeing things on social media or I'm getting texts from people congratulating me. And the prideful redirection is one, somebody who just says, Hey, thanks. I just want to give all glory to God, but inwardly they are, they are taking that praise and really worship from other people. Um, And in their heart, they're not giving it back to God. It's like this obsession with people's approval. And because you know, the right thing to say is, Hey, I just want to give all glory to God, but really just keep telling me how awesome I am. And so outwardly, like, Christian athletes can look amazing, but, but inwardly it's like, as long as I keep getting this approval from others, I'm, I'm good to go. And so redirection is great. I just, from my own experience and working with athletes know that there, there can often be this hint of pride in the midst of that, where it's almost like a, thank you. I I am pretty good. (laughs) Even though we would never actually say that out loud. Yeah. That's kind of what's going on inside the heart. Yeah, that's, that's good. The second one was heartless dedication. What what is that about? Yeah. Again, heartless dedication is the, the athlete who um, is again, they're wanting to give everything towards God. They're kind of their, their words are saying the right thing, but again, their, their heart is not in it. Like if you could watch a movie of what's going on inside of them, God would not be involved in it at all. Yeah. God's yeah. God's just kind of like the bow they put on the that they tie to the to the end of their performance, and it's usually after an amazing performance too, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, correct. Yeah, God's, God's not involved in the process before, even though 
we know from the Bible, he, he wants to be in relationship with us, but somehow we divorce him from our sport until it's time to give him thanks. And then we assume that he's going to bless everything that we did. Heartless dedication is just, yeah, it's, it's similar to the first one. There's some subtle differences, but it's, it's this dedicating it to God without having a heart posture that actually cares about doing that. Yeah. I think uh, I remember could have been this season or football season or past football season where a kicker actually missed a field goal, like a game winning field goal and actually, you know, pointed up to, to the sky and, and, and thanked God still for that opportunity. You know, it's like that, that to me is right there, regardless of what it turned out to be, you're still giving God the glory in there in that moment where, Hey, I still had an opportunity to do this, you know? Absolutely. Um, And and there are plenty of athletes that do that. And I wish, yeah, yeah, I really wish like you just meant, I wish we would talk about that more because I think that is, that's a game changer when a watching world sees athletes with a perspective that still wants to be thankful um, and appreciative in a moment where things didn't go their way. Yeah. I think also sometimes when like a Christian athlete is doing great things and is talking about God in the press conference, only the Christian community is paying attention, you know, where they're like, Oh, look at this guy. What an example, you know, but it's the ones when they're failing miserably and still talking about God's work in their life. Then that's when people outside the Christian community are paying attention, you know, and that's when God gets glorified in that moment where somebody who is just there doing their job and they just got smoked and the guy's still talking about God and, and giving him thanks. Um, that's when it perks up their, their, their years there. And it's like, Oh wow. Like this guy is for real. You know? So true. And, and both are needed, right? The Christian yes, correct. to be encouraged <laughs> yes. and uplifted yeah. and excited about what God is doing. Um, but, but yeah, we're as Christians, we're all, missionaries whether vocationally or not we're all ambassadors and so there needs to be a focus on people who are not yet believers and you mentioned that i I think their curiosity is peaked most when athletes show that they still have joy and contentment even when circumstances from a worldly perspective are going completely downhill for them i think i think that that looking different is really attractive to people who, um, yeah, are not yet Christians. For sure. The last danger is in product over process. Can you explain a little bit more? Yeah. The, the end product over process is again, assuming that what God cares most about is the win or our best possible performance and forgetting that if we, like, let's say I, I was a cross country runner. So let's say I am able to win. I ran for Wake Forest. And so I'm able yeah. to win the, the ACC, the conference meet my senior year. I did not, by the way, I was not very good. Um, but let's say I'm able to win. Um, but the entire season, I'm staying up late, partying with my teammates. I'm, I'm not getting the sleep that I need to get. I'm not taking good care of my body. Um, I'm not honoring God with my actions. I'm not in the word and I'm not growing as a, as a believer. Um, I'm very self-centered when it comes to um, my time to then think that winning the the ACC championship is what God cares about is, and then saying, you know, all glory to God afterwards, just 
it seems a little off, right? Like it, it seems yeah. like, again, we can yeah. read this in the Bible, um, yeah. even when God's choosing his next king after Saul and he chooses David, he says, men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so it's just, yeah, this over obsession with the end goal and thinking that's all God cares about and forgetting that he wants all of us, which yeah. includes everything leading up to that competition. And we, we err when we put an overemphasis on that performance, the product, um, as opposed to the process. Yeah. I think, I think God's glorified through both. We just yeah. are overly obsessed with the, the product. Correct. Yeah. I think, you know, when you win, you know, you do have a bigger platform in that moment where you then can have an impact, but if the heart is not, is not there, then, um, then that's just useless, you know, um, going off of that, I hear a lot, you know, and I'm at Christian school and, and so I'm around Christian athletes all the time, but I hear comments like, of course we lost that game. I haven't read my Bible in, in 10 days, you know, um, or man, I haven't gone to church in two months. No wonder I keep losing, you know, um, what is, that belief that if we're disobedient in our personal life or in our personal walk with Christ, that maybe God is less likely to bless us with wins on the field. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, that would be a belief in what's called the prosperity gospel. And uh, the prosperity gospel is uh, a gospel, a good news of Jesus that we believe falsely that if we did do the right things, if we did um, read our Bible and give a 10th of our money to the church. And we did go to church on Sunday and we did like A, B, C, and D. Then of course, God's going to reward us with health, wealth, and happiness and athletic success too. Yeah. And God doesn't promise that God yeah. promises us that if we believe in the gospel and surrender our life to him and live under his Lordship, that what we get is him. Like yeah. we get, we get God. Um, and those other things may come, but it's yeah. not, it's not because of our obedience to him that he is then, um, that he is obligated to bless us with worldly treasures. Um, yeah. and I think when you believe that you're believing in a God, who's essentially a, a genie that you can manipulate, you can get God to do what you want, as long as you're obedient. And I don't, I don't think we can control God like that. God cannot be manipulated. And so again, that's, that is a, a false belief in thinking that your disobedience is the reason that you lost or your obedience is the reason your team won. Yeah. I'm going to read the CS Lewis quote that you put in the book. Um, and then we can have a discussion about it, but I feel like sometimes C.S. Lewis lives inside my brain, you know, like he's just like, he says something and he lived almost a hundred years before me. And it's like, Oh my gosh, how does he know this stuff? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but C.S. Lewis says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a, of a holiday at the sea. You were far too easily pleased. And I think sometimes we look at trophies and success in sports, and we're just chasing that. When chasing after God and becoming more like him is far more uh, gratifying and, and exhilarating. What, what, what is your view on that? 
Yeah. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. I'm always reminded when I, when I think about that quote from C.S. Lewis about uh, a pastor by the name of Matt Chandler, and I think this is in the book too, um, but he, and he's done this multiple times in some of his sermons, he's talked about showing up to something as majestic as the Grand Canyon and the, the Grand Canyon and other, other kind of um, things of nature like that are meant to point us towards something beyond ourselves. Like it, nobody gets to the edge of the Grand Canyon and they're looking at everything and says, I am awesome. I am amazing. <laughs> no, they're like, this is amazing. And, it, and if you are a Christian, you're able to take that one step further and go, God, you are amazing. Like, how could you create something like this? And so it leads us to a place of, of worship instead of just, instead of just being overly happy with the Grand Canyon itself, we're able to take that happiness and bring it into a relationship with God. And so like what that quote from Lewis does to me in the realm of sports is it helps me understand that one, like sports are great and they're fun, but if that's the, the, again, end product of our joy and our happiness, we're always going to be left wanting more because God even tells us in Ecclesiastes that we, we are made with eternity in our hearts and eternal beings can only be satisfied by eternal things <laughs> and God is eternal. And so it's, it's like this sports are good. There's like, sports are not bad. They're, they're good, but there's a cap on how much happiness they can bring us. And if we are putting all of our happiness eggs into the basket of sport, it's, it's ultimately going to fail us. And I wrote the book because I really believe that if we bring God along in the process with the process, which I think he wants to be involved in the process <laughs> of all of our lives, that we can actually get more joy in sport. If yeah. we, if we include him as a relational God in every aspect of our life of sport and not just competition, but the other 98% that makes up an athlete. Um, I really think our joy expands because we're connected yeah. to an eternal being who I believe wants what's good for us. And obviously his yeah. definition of good is always going to trump our definition. <laughs> yeah. um, but he tells us in Romans eight twenty eight that, that whatever happens is happening for are good. And so why wouldn't we want to, to bring along a God in the process of our athletic experience who, who is going to help us grow into his likeness as we submit to his ways like that, that to yeah. me just feels like the most joyful way of living. And it's counterintuitive to our culture's way of doing it because it involves <laughs> surrender and it involves yeah. like taking our sport and just going like, God, just do with it what you want, which is really hard because you don't know if he's going to bless you with success or maybe he's going to make you ride the bench and that's hard but but in that if, if we're honestly at a point where we trust in God and trust in his goodness I think there's joy that comes even when we don't experience experience the success that we that we want yeah I January 1st I started reading the Bible chronologically and reading through Genesis and Exodus just how well I relate to the Israelites, you know, like God gets them through the Red Sea, like two days later, they're already complaining about food and not having water, you know, and, or, you know, God speaks to them. And then a few days later, they're complaining about something else. And I'm like, 
don't they have any memory of what God just brought them through? And I look at my life and I'm like, man, like just a few days ago, I felt God's presence in such an incredible way. Right now, I'm just moaning and complaining that my best players hurt and that's going to hurt our, our record and we're going to lose matches. And we just get so caught up on that um, win loss. And, and, you know, God loves me more if I win. God loves me more if I lose. And, and I see that with my athletes all the time. You know, that's why this year, first, first team meeting, I brought him in and I said, your value to this program has nothing to do with wins and losses, you know, mm-hmm. and just keep reminding them. And that is also a reminder to me that my value as a coach has nothing to do with wins and losses, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's so easy. It is so easy. And, you know, and we've been trained even in a Christian community to think about our jobs as successful if we win and not successful if we lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to shift gears and go into mental health. I think since COVID, it has exposed that issue 10 times more, a hundred times more in athletes also. Yeah. And we hear often of athletes, you know, committing suicide and successful athletes committing suicide. Um, you talk in the book that there are 640 different stressors that athletes face. I'm not going to ask you to name all of them, um, but <laughs> um, how can Christian coaches and athletes approach this topic of mental health? Yeah. Um, so the, the 647, I think it was, <laughs> were from a study done a few years ago overseas with elite level athletes. And they asked them to identify these, um, all the different stressors in their lives and combined, they came up with 647 different stressors within the context of sport and their athletic experience, which is crazy to That's think crazy. about that, 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 that many exists. And so, yeah, how can athletes and coaches think about it? I think from a coaching perspective, let me give you this example uh, from a coaching expect, uh, perspective. I was driving a week ago um, to, a, to another house up the road. They needed water. It's freezing cold in Michigan here. And so you can't use the outdoor spigot. You got to fill it up inside. And so I had a five gallon bucket of water filled almost to the brim and without a top on it. And so I'm driving in my van. It's really bumpy on the roads. Cause again, Michigan, yeah. they're all, um, and I have to drive slow and really cautious. Otherwise water is just going to go everywhere. And cars are stacking up behind me, honking at me. Some of them are passing me, blaring their horn, thinking that I'm just a bad driver and I don't know what I'm doing. But the reality is I had something in my car causing me to act the way I was. And if they were in the car with me, they would, they would understand why I was doing what I'm doing. And I think, I think, coaches need to understand that athletes are in a similar situation. A lot of them are in regards to mental health is there are things going on in their lives and pressures that they're facing that maybe they can't even identify themselves that are causing them to act how they're acting. And, and some of them can hide it really well. And oftentimes you don't even, you don't even know because they are amazing athletes and it doesn't look like anything, but, but I think a coach needs to have some sort of system in place where they are rhythmically just checking in on their athletes and allowing them to just be honest and try to identify those things. That doesn't mean the coach needs to be a a counselor or a trained therapist at all. It just means they at some level need to have some working knowledge of what's going on in the athlete's live that I'm, that I'm coaching 
for the benefit of them, right? Like I, yeah. I would have loved to just be able to tell all these cars, like, Hey, I have a huge bucket of water yeah. that I don't want. You needed a baby, baby on board sticker on your car, but like a like bucket, that. bucket full of water like on board. Yeah. yeah. But, but that would allow them to have grace and compassion towards me. And yeah. in the same way that I think if coaches yeah. had a better understanding as to what's really going on internally for some of the athletes. And again, it's sometimes it's hard for the athletes to even put words to it. I yeah. think, coaches would be able to better lead with grace and compassion and ultimately serve athletes best. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer and a great analogy. I really, I really like that. I think it, anyone can relate to that. My last question um, in the book, you talked about the difference between effort and excellence. And I love the word excellence. I think that's, you know, um, it was in my book and I liked it so much, but what, what is the difference between effort and excellence? in the realm of glorifying God through sports? Yeah. Um, well, one, I think God wants both. Uh, I think he wants both. Effort is, um, effort is giving your, giving a hundred percent game day. Like it is your, again, what's, we can use cross country track analogy. It's like leaving everything out on the course or on the track. Um, excellence is, this is interesting because you would think excellence should come um, in the product, but I think excellence comes in, in the process. Process, yeah. It comes in the process because I, I can give a hundred percent on the track on race day. But again, if you look at the, the three months leading up to that, there could be things in my life that I could have done much better to the glory of God to do everything as if I'm doing it for him. Right. Um, that I think if I, if I am not doing those things every single day, eating right, sleeping right, stretching, um, icing afterwards, going to the trainer, like all of these things, um, but I'm giving it my all on the track and putting in a good effort. I, I think there's something glorifying to God about that, sure. but, but glory can be multifaceted. And I think there's, there's multiple levels to glorifying God. And yeah, I, I think it is a beautiful thing when we are able to marry um, really hard work with excellence and knowing that each of us has this probably cap of what we're ultimately capable of. And I believe God wants us to get as close to that as yeah. we possibly can. It's going to look different for everybody. Like my best was not going to be a national <laughs> champion, but I could, I probably could have been, if I, if I did things with excellence, I yeah. probably could have been one of the top guys on our team. So again, I yeah. think it's different for everybody, but um, and I use the example in the book of, of Noah, it's like, he could have worked really hard on that arc, but if it had, if it had holes in it, like that would not have been excellent work. And we wouldn't be celebrating Noah as this like hero of the faith who tried really hard to make a boat that ultimately sang. Yeah. there was this like, again, marriage of, he worked really hard for years and years and years. Yep. He had details instructions from God and he did it to perfection. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I really like that. Um, Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Um, all the best of luck in this uh, launch of this book here. Um, again, we'll put the link on, on the show notes. How can we be praying for you besides the number one draft pick on, for the Detroit Lions here in this upcoming draft? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I come back a third time, we can devote it to how the Detroit Lions have maybe worked in my sanctification process. 
or hurt my sanctification process in the Lord. Um, other ways you can be praying for me. Um, I, yeah, I was talking to you before we even started this, that yeah. we have um, two uh, foster kids living in our home right now, refugee foster kids from Afghanistan, uh, who are a long-term placement with us until they can hopefully get reunited with their family. And so our biggest prayer request, I would love for people to be praying with us in this is that their family can get asylum and come to the U S and be reunited with these two brothers. Um, it is a heartbreaking thing to see families that are separated, um, but a beautiful thing when the body of Christ rallies around and tries to st stand in the gap and do something about it. And it's been so much fun seeing how God has rallied the body of Christ um, in this situation. And we're really, yeah, we're, we're trusting that even though we signed up to be long-term for these boys, that it's going to be a short-term thing because we trust that God can bridge that gap and bring his, both of their family over here. So we, we would love and covet prayers for that their safety because they are in danger right now overseas. Um, but also that they would be reunited uh, back here in the States. That's great. All right, let's pray. Thanks. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for bringing back Brian here on the podcast and having such an enlightening conversation about how we can glorify you through sports. Lord, we, we sometimes settle for just looking at the win and loss column when you just want so much more and you just want us to trust you and to, to love you with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to, to chat. And um, Lord, we'd like to lift up Brian and his family as, as they're hosting these two Afghan refugee kids, Lord, that their families will, will be able to find asylum here in the United States as soon as possible so they can be reunited with their children. And, um, and if it's a long-term process, Lord, that you give Brian and, and, and his wife and, and the rest of his family, all the, the resources necessary to serve them in a way that is honoring and, and glorifying to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that this uh, book launch of the Christian athlete will, will be successful, not, not be, so that Brian's name is exalted, but that your name will continually be exalted by athletes and coaches out in the sports arena. Um, and Lord, just thank you again for, for saving us. Lord, thank you for giving us your word where we can find all the answers to the questions that we have lord in your name i pray amen amen i love i love that such such great thoughts from brian you can hear so much wisdom inside of him and uh, just so thankful that he's taken his time and effort to to put this into a book and um, and just share his life with others but I really love just the bucket analogy as far as our, our audience of coaches trying to reach to their student athletes on um, just really thinking through like what's what's going on inside my players heart and their mind to cause them to act the way they're acting and um, I think that's that's huge and, and I think we all can maybe just step away from this episode and just have some some time with the Lord um, to think all right where am I at with with glory uh, am I living for mine or God's like just letting God speak to us and convict us and sharpen us uh, to make these changes because we all want to live for God's glory you know um, but but too many times we we fall short and, and get off the right path so um, really really thankful what stood out most to you G-Man? Yeah I, I really liked our discussion of the difference between effort and excellence I really like that but I also liked the prosperity gospel discussion that we had there. 
where I think, you know, I think, you know, some, some athletes have a routine or coaches have routines. And then when they don't follow their routine and something doesn't go their way, they blame it themselves or, you know, and I think sometimes like, man, I forgot. No wonder we lost this game. I didn't do my quiet time this morning. Like that has no bearing whatsoever. You know, um, it's good that you, that, that you, you, you're missing, like not having time with, with God on a daily basis, but that has no bearing on, on, on you winning or losing. And I think the quote that stood out to me was, you know, God wants our heart, not our words. Um, and I think that just, and I talked about a little bit about my daily plan, Bible reading plan this year. And they always end the, he comes with a podcast as well, but the company podcast, the, the author always says, you know, you know, God is the, is where the joy is, you know? And I think always trying to remind myself of that um, and not get so caught up on tit for tat, or I do this, God blesses me here. I don't do this. God punishes me. And I think you could have an argument, Chad, on Old Testament, where it does literally say they didn't follow God, they got punished, you know, but that's Old Testament, you know, that's before Jesus Christ came and, and saved us um, from our sins and, and our sinful lives. But I think this was a great episode. I, in the pre-chat with, with Brian before the podcast, he brought up the fact that he's hosting, you know, he's fostering two Afghani children. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, how incredible is that? That this guy, he wasn't even like, it was, he did, he wouldn't even have talked to me about it. He wasn't even going to brag about, you know, ha- hosting two Afghani children. Um, if I hadn't asked how, how his life was and just taking interest in that. But this guy is truly living, you know, a, a, God, a, a God-filled life right there. And his actions are, you know, following his words and just incredible to see. And he talked about, you know, how incredible it is when the church actually takes charge of those things that doesn't leave it up to the government to handle those issues. I think in James, it talks about taking care of the widow and the, the poor and the, you know, people, the children, the orphans. Um, but I'm just, I'm just so thankful Brian took the time to come back. I, this book is so good and I can't recommend it enough. The, again, the link is in the show notes and coach, remember the mission field is right where you're at.